Master Tavern Keepers, History of the Old World. So, now that we're all up to speed, please, Heinrich, tell us what actually happened during the encounter that your grandfather had with the vampiric pirate king, Luther Harkin, whilst aboard Marco Colombo's ship. Oh, yeah, but of course, it will be my pleasure. And so it was that Lusa Harkin, the pirate king of the Vampire Coast, invited, coerced is uh, perhaps a better word for it though, my grandpapa to come aboard his boat. Ah, you lazy salty dogs. Raise a plank between our boats. Now, Frederick Lowen of Nordland, I think you'd best come aboard my ship, the Black Coffin, to receive my gift for ye. If you value the lives of your men, it'd be most prudent. Fret not, my gift'll cost you no more than a story. Don't be coy, dear heart. And so my grandpapa shouldered his musket, sheathed his two throwing axes, and stepped off the pintolaga, reluctantly placing a boot onto the plank between the two boats. Harkin grinned widely and beckoned him closer. Step followed shaky step. Beneath my grandpapa, the Pirate King's ethereal shawl of ghostly race maidens continued their prowl around the hull of the boat, like ravenous yet forlorn sharks. My grandpapa said that he almost fancied he could see their bloody skeletal jaws gnashing beneath the blood-stained cloths that covered their faces as they sang their dirges. As my grandpapa edged forwards, drafts of cold seemed to assail him, grasping at his heart with each and every lub-dub, slowly turning his insides to ice. Yet he persevered, foot in front of foot, ever closer and closer to the black coffin. Welcome to my boat. Dear heart, climb aboard freely of your own free will, and then go safely, leaving something of the happiness you brought. 
<laughs> These dead things call me Captain, but you can call me Your Majesty, the Pirate King. Take him to my cabin. At Harkin's words, the warriors beside him sprung into action with preternatural speed. To begin with, a pair moved to prevent any of the crew of the Pintolaga following across the gangplank, whilst others pounced upon my grandpapa himself. He felt the armoured gauntlets of these knights, for now he saw them up close, they could be nothing else. They gripped him with inhuman strength, and he knew that whilst he was in their death gold grasp, he was powerless. He was sure his death was nigh, his fate to be another zombie amongst the masses that stood twitching on the deck of the boat, but he was wrong. His chaperones smelt of dried blood. And my grandpapa, too, tasted blood in his own mouth. At this, he felt the gaze of each burn into him, their eyes glowing a flaming vermilion from beneath their chiropteran winged helms. He sensed eagerness, like that of a starving man at a feast, in the way that they uh, gripped him. But this eagerness was one that they seemed to keep in check with some sort of twisted, chivalric loyalty. As one, the coterie of warriors raised them up like the pole barriers carrying a coffin and faded through the morass of zombie sailors, my grandpapa looking this way and that as they moved. Above, he saw gigantic bats circling around and around the baroque crow's nest. A frenetic audience to the unchanging macabre menagerie below. To his left and right, he saw zombies being pushed aside to make way for his captors. Some tumbled overboard, whilst others fell underfoot. Most, though, simply shuffled out of the way. Next, my grandpapa was carried beneath the shadow of Death Shriek, the gigantic bone and gristle bat monster whose undead eyes glowed green with eldritch power. My grandpapa felt that this too stared at him with ravenous hunger, but uh, it made no move to feast upon him, much to his relief. And so it was that, finally, my grandpapa was brought into the dark cabin of Lusa Harkin himself, and unceremoniously dropped onto an ancient chair in front of a dusty table strewn with archaic maps, navigational paraphernalia, gold coins and gems. With their duty dispensed, his captors immediately and silently departed. My grandpapa stood. Here was his chance to... do what? He did not know. 
And before he could think of a plan to somehow save the Pintalaga from the clutches of the vampire and his uh, undead horde, an unnatural light filled the cabin. My grandpapa froze, staring at its source. The light emanated from a glowing green crystal that sat atop a gnarled staff. The same staff he had seen earlier, carried by Harkin's wizened advisor. And my grandpapa saw that it was the very self-same old man that now sat to his right. Although the old man's eyes were bound in tight rags, he seemed to be looking right at my grandpapa, and he was wagging his crooked finger from side to side. Mon ami, mon ami, I would not do anything hasty. Surely you realize how precarious your position is. And indeed, my grandpapa did. At the man's words, my grandpapa nodded and dropped back into his creaky chair. Tell me, tell me, Frederick Lowen of Nordland, how did you do it? How did you awaken the beast, Amanar? You are no wizard, yet you achieved something we wizards could not. What are you doing here, oh Aloy? This worm-bin piece of man-flesh is mine. Did he speak? The old man shook his head, and Harkin laid two calloused hands upon my grandpapa's shoulders. Beware of this one, dear heart. He means to unseat me. He wants my shambling hordes, my rotting hulks, my loyal git. But most of all, he wants my blood and power. I should kill him. But he has something I want. Power over the dead. I had it too once. But the toads took it from me with their traps and tricks and wily licks. You don't like the toads, do you? And, of course, after my grandpapa's experiences with the lizard men, he quite honestly replied that he did not. But, uh, Master Tavernkeeper, a thought has just occurred to me. One thing that has always confused me with regards my uh, grandpapa's telling of this tale was, uh, well, this little speech by Lusa Harkin about uh, him losing his power over the dead. As a uh, vampire, I thought he would have dominion over the restless undead. As a former resident of Skeggy and collector of stories, perhaps you know the reason why. Ah, now that is a very perceptive supposition, my dear noble knight. I did indeed hear the tale to which the Pirate King refers, and I'd be happy to quickly relate that to you all. But first, another drink. 